Welcome to the weekly podcast of Science and the City, the public gateway to the New York Academy of Sciences, online at scienceandthecity.org. Today is Friday, November 13th, 2009. I'm Alana Rangi. Dikari calls herself a recovering mathematician, and she does it very convincingly on stage. Dikari is an actor and a performer, and I caught up with her earlier this week to talk about her newest solo play called Truth Values. It's all about her journey towards a PhD in math from MIT. Dikari had an unusual experience at MIT, one which was heavy on humor and sexism and full of surprises. Today, hear more about her show and find out when you can catch it next. Hey, Alana, did you hear about the party? (gasps) What party, David? Why am I never invited to these things? Oh, stop whining. It's the Darwin party and everyone's invited. Hooray! On November 24th, join the New York Academy of Sciences as it hosts a celebration in honor of the 150th birthday of Charles Darwin's Origin of Species. Join Gerald Edelman, Paul Ekman, and Terence Deacon for an evening of evolution plus champagne and birthday cake. Hooray! Get your tickets online at scienceandthecity.org slash provocative thinkers. I used to be a mathematician. I went to graduate school at MIT. And please, before you get too impressed by that, just... Notice what I'm doing with my life now. (laughs) Joya Dikari stands on the stage in a spotlight. Dikari is an actor, writer, and singer, and what she calls a recovering mathematician. I remember being in the MIT chapel on Good Friday, and Plaid Worthington, a tweedy theoretical physicist from the UK, was reading the part of Pontius Pilate in The Passion Story, and this reading was pretty uninspired as readings of passion plays given by scientists often are. (laughs) When we came to the point when Jesus says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice, and Pilate says, what is truth? The way Plaid said it, it was as if he suddenly became Lawrence Olivier. What is truth? (laughs) And I thought, I've heard this story so many times before, and I've never realized what a profound question that is. Of course, philosophers have debated it for centuries, Hegel, Kant, and humankind has often turned to mathematics, especially logic, my field, for an explanation of truth. You know what logic is, true, false, on, off, yes, no, zero, one, the basis of all the wonders of computer technology. And for the first time in that moment, I was struck by the narrowness of the scientific truth with which we were concerning ourselves because my heart told me that truth is something far more profound and fluid. Dikari went to MIT in the late 80s in search of a PhD in mathematics. What she got instead, in addition to a degree, was tons of material for her latest solo show called Truth Values, One Girl's Romp Through MIT's Male Math Maze. It took Dikari more than 10 years to finish writing the play, but in 2005, she got the kickstart she needed to wrap it up. Well, I had been struggling with telling the story for many, many years for various reasons. And I had really decided that I was going to put it away and not finish. And then this thing with Larry Summers happened. Ah, yes. 
the Lawrence Summers incident. You may or may not remember back in 2005 when the then-president of Harvard said at a conference that he thought innate differences between men and women might be one reason fewer women succeed in science and math careers. That probably wouldn't have been enough, actually, for me to finish the play, but it was what happened to Nancy Hopkins that really pushed me over the edge. Nancy Hopkins is a biologist at, at MIT, and uh, she was there at his talk, and she very publicly left and said that she had to leave because if she'd stayed, she would have either passed out or thrown up. And, and I really understood what she meant. Thereafter, she, she was just eviscerated by the press for having said that. And then she got hate mail for a year. And that's when I said to myself, you know, I'm an artist and I have a responsibility here to finish this play and say something about this. What Dikari wanted to talk about was the sexism she experienced at MIT while doing her graduate degree. She grew up in liberal Berkeley, California, and was ecstatic to get into MIT for math, a subject she was great at and keen on. When she got there, however, things weren't exactly as she'd imagined they'd be. I was absolutely stunned by the sexism. Honestly, I was shocked. I never in a million years expected that I came from Berkeley. So liberal. I was sort of post-feminist, you know. I thought, oh, it's all solved now. (laughs) And I was shocked. I never imagined. Like in my show, I, I, there were several professors who made comments to the effect of, why are you here? Wouldn't you rather be home having babies? It seems a reasonable question on one hand. And on the other hand, you know, when you work so hard to graduate with top honors and to, you know, get, get into PhD program at MIT and to ask you why you're even there after you've worked so hard is, is such a slap in the face. Dikari's one-woman show takes place on a pretty bare set with only a couple of props. A chair, a box, an extra suit jacket. She has a stylish brown bob and a small frame. And she's got a knack for jumping across the stage and taking on the role of another character, and then jumping back across the stage to respond as herself. The whole experience is captivating because of the humor and because of the outrageousness of the story she tells. They're both endearing and sometimes unbelievable. Like me and who I really didn't like was Dr. Schatzenbuff. Unfortunately, I had to enjoy his presence at the seminar once a week. Here's how he would introduce a male mathematician's work. John Jenkins, um, he was a student of what, wasn't he? But if it was the work of a woman, Mary Davis, she was the one who married Zaworski, (laughs) wasn't he? Was I misinterpreting this? There were no other women in the seminar to talk to. Well, actually there was one, but she blended in so perfectly, it took me about three weeks to figure out she was a she. (laughs) At one point I said to her, Carol, hey, have you ever noticed that she picked up her math book and walked away? The seminar was once a week on Thursdays at 3, which conflicted with the daily mathematics tea at 3. The tea was a social occasion which featured tea, coffee, inexpensive cookies, and in-depth mathematical cocktail talk at the mini chalkboards in the cookie room. Dr. Schatzenfeld hated to miss out on the treats. One day he took me aside and said, Joya, 
It's a shame the seminar conflicts with the tea this semester. Why don't you um, take charge of the cookies? Uh, just uh, run on up at the beginning of the seminar and get us a tray of cookies, would you? Sure, um, but couldn't we share this, this cookie duty, me and the other students? Why complicate it? Is it too hard for you? <laughs> Can't you just do it? Okay, sure. I did deliver the cookies. I did it for weeks. Then I guess at some point something snapped and I began the fashion experiments. Fashion experiments, you ask? I started dressing more and more outrageously and rated on a scale of one to 10 how much it pissed people off. My usual good girl Lady Di look, I needed control, was a six. The mini skirt and boots, a nine. The denim halter dress with the five zippers, a 10. But then one day, I opened my closet. I don't think the show is critical of MIT. I'm just trying to, in the show, I'm trying to just weave this tapestry of my autobiographical story. And, you know, certain people were a little unpleasant. But all in all, I, I don't know that it, it's really that critical of MIT. I, some people have thought, well, why can't we tell, can't you change the ending and, <laughs> and, make, and make it, you know, more like you were happy in math and you stayed in math and, you know, won the Fields Medal or <laughs> But my, my point of view was just to tell, you know, my own truth. We'll return to this podcast after a quick message from Science in the City. Science in the City needs your help. Yes, yours. We know you like our podcasts. You're listening right now. But did you know that you're actually a big part of these podcasts? The Science and the City program relies 100% on your financial support. You can help us by becoming a member of the New York Academy of Sciences or donating directly to the program online at scienceandthecity.org slash donate. Sponsorship and underwriting opportunities are also available. Dakari doesn't think her play should discourage any women from applying or going to any program at MIT. While for the most part, Dakari's play has been exceptionally well-received, it has had some backlash in the Cambridge community, especially after a Boston Globe article was published and people were commenting online. This negative vibe, says Dakari, tends to come from people who haven't actually seen the play. Well, I think that in that case, the way that PR people were spinning it in the press was sort of thinking that I was going to be this vicious feminist saying all these incendiary vicious things, and that's the antithesis of what I feel like I'm doing in my show. I really wanted to come to it from a point of compassion, and which is, you know, not what they expected. And so, but they were expecting that, and that's why I think that people were so worried what I was going to say. Halfway through the show, and through her time at MIT, Dakari discovered that theater was a great creative outlet to distract her from the math that was beginning to drive her crazy. Another morning, just me and my research, realizing I had come all this way only to find that the real meat of what it meant to be a mathematician, the research was something I despised. <laughs> Sometimes I just sat there and did it and cried. So I made a pact with myself. Math equals pain. Theater equals pleasure. As long as I do three hours of math in the morning, I can do all the lessons and classes and rehearsals and performances I wanted, but no math, no theater. That was the deal, and it worked. Dakari eventually realized that bribing herself to do math meant she didn't love math enough to get her PhD anymore. 
So she went and saw her thesis advisor. Joya, come in, sit down. What do you have for me this week? Got a lot of good stuff done, but I'd like to talk to you about something else first. Of course. I'm going to quit. Quit? Quit. When did you decide this? I've been deciding it for months. Just quit? No, I'm... I'm, I can't just leave and become a magician's assistant. I didn't know you were involved in magic, too. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, the only way to leave is to make a contribution. I want to get a master's degree. Well, I suppose you can do that. A master's degree is not usually offered. I know, but I read that I could have a master's degree if I finish a short thesis. Would this, this problem that I'm working on now do? This June? The sooner the better. Well, yes, of course, but in the time frame, I've been working on this 10 years and know well that these things may never bear fruit at all. At least it's a goal. One evening, shortly thereafter, I was working on math. Every day I set a timer for my work, three hours. I did that morning, and every morning I wanted to take that timer, throw it, smash it, walk out of there, forget the thesis, never look back. But that day, the problem opened to me so much. I could see the bigger picture. I actually got caught up in it. I worked all day into the evening. I I had solved it. And suddenly I understood the story of Archimedes. It is said that Archimedes jumped out of his bath after understanding the principle of displacement and he ran through the streets naked, shouting, Eureka! I have found it! I wrote out the solution, put it in an envelope, and shoved it under Fred's door with a note that said, Dear Fred, have a look at this, then call me and tell me where the mistake is. Dakari got her master's from MIT in math and says now, almost 20 years later, that she remembers little, if anything, she learned. But Dakari's story isn't just one of a misguided math degree. It's the thesis struggle faced by anyone after a PhD at MIT or anywhere else. Dakari's been getting non-stop requests for a one-woman show since it premiered in New York earlier this year. She thinks it's the quirky combination of an artist with a science degree performing on stage. To find out where you can catch her next performance, visit her website at www.unexpectedtheater.org and theater is spelt with an R-E. For Science in the City, I'm Alana Rangi. I'm very well acquainted too with matters mathematical. I understand equations both simple and quadratical. About binomial theorem, I am teeming with a lot of news, with many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you can't get enough of Science in the City, try following us on Twitter, online at twitter.com slash and the city. Science in the City is a non-profit program of the New York Academy of Sciences. This means that we need your continued support to keep bringing you this weekly podcast series, as well as the rest of the Science in the City program, like our event series or our website. For more information on Academy membership and to support Science in the City today, log on to scienceandthecity.org slash donate. As always, we'd love your feedback on any of the programs we run here at Science in the City. Send us an email at scienceandthecity at nyas.org or you can leave us a voicemail at 212-298-8654. See you next week.